On this episode, we discuss The Purge, not the Lifetime movie about bulimia, the one with Ethan Hawke. everyone and welcome to the flop house i'm dan mccoy hey dan what's going on man no 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 <laughs> classic no. it's elliot times? over there it yeah. is it's me ellie kalen and over rocking <laughs> over Mike in this corner two. it's Stuart wellington Stuart cool wellington. guy on the prowl <laughs> wait are you, what on, the you prowl? on the what are you on the prowl yeah, for i'm on the prowl for scary movies <laughs> cue sound effect <laughs> we don't have any sound effects uh, no, like chain, rattle. <laughs> chain rattle chain rattle chain rattle bone squeak Bone squeak. Flap, flap. I'm a bat. Flap. <laughs> Eeyo. What about ding, that? Ding, 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 ding. All chicka, aboard. Chicka, 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 chicka. All aboard the scare train. <laughs> chain mail, chain mail, chain mail. <laughs> Wait, what? Okay. Freaky door. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've already lost track. <laughs> This so, welcome podcast. to the Flophouse Sound Podcast. Of, wait, here's one. Sound effect of the moment when you're young and you realize you'll die someday. Ooh, <laughs> Spookarino. <laughs> That's got a little bit of Latin flavor. Yeah. West Coast style. So, so this is the Flophouse Podcast. I'm Elliot Kalen. I'm Dan McCoy. No, no, no. Okay, we did this already and you're wrong. <laughs> so, what we do in this podcast is we watch a bad movie and then we chat about it with you. Well, not with you, because you can't chat back. But, but at you. you. I mean, you can if you want. Well, in a way, we could say that they are very rudely eavesdropping on a oh, conversation no. between three friends. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so you feel Looking bad. Keyhole or maybe you feel them. turned on. Wait, what? Your ear voyeurs. Because, you just made it sexy all of a sudden. Because seduction is the ultimate it. sexiness. <laughs> yep. So, uh, this is the second... Second uh, episode in Shocktober. Shocktober! 2013 official Shocktober. 2013 AD! <laughs> yep. The scariest the, type of the, year. The D stands for death. Uh, not really, no, it doesn't. Death. It stands for Domini. It means death, right? No, <laughs> it means the Lord. Okay. It's our Lord. Um, not mine, though. <laughs> Spooky. He's doing <laughs> I reject the divinity of Christ. Ooh. Like a vampire. <laughs> or a Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> or a rabbi. <laughs> or ra- oh, so you're saying we're monsters. Is that it, Dan? I'm sorry. I yeah, can say yeah, that. If, uh, I'm awesome. both Jewish and a monster. It's okay for me to say it. <laughs> hey, guys, what, what if what if Woody Allen was one of those monsters? No. Like, wait, wait, wait. Ahem, ahem. No. Hello, my name is Woody Allen. <laughs> I'm totally, well, I had such a piece of cake this one time. <laughs> Reminds me of a... Uh, <laughs> All these people's relationships, so weird, y'all. Okay, Shame. that's more of a Woody Allen no. thing. I don't know why the cake would come up. Yeah, the first thing was more like, I'm a naughty little boy. I had so much chocolate cake when no one was looking. More sweets, please, Nana. Mm, yummy. Kissed me, Woody Allen. Yeah, you guys are great. <laughs> the sassiest boy child in the world. Ish been America's favorite neurotic. <laughs> there was a uh, there was a sketch I wanted to do years ago about a character named uh, Woody Allen Swigen, who was Nazi Germany's favorite comedian, but he's just Woody Allen. <laughs> it was just an excuse to do Nazi jokes in a Woody Allen voice. Uh. 
terrible. Would terrible you need, but funny. I think you need it, written permission from your parents to do those. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, so the school can let me do it. Yeah. Yeah. So what Shocktober Delight did we listen to tonight? Well, listen, we listened listen to, to and watched. Yeah, we listened watched. to an old radio show. We did nothing but listen to Arch Oldler's yeah, Lights Out. It was War of the Worlds, the classic Orson Welles broadcast. Oh, I wish I loved that broadcast. I love the first half of that broadcast. Mm-hmm. Second half when it gets super scary, Elliot hides under the covers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh no we we watched a movie called The Purge. The Purge. The Purge government shutdown. Yeah, it yeah. was really timely cuz hey, now while you're listening to this the government will hopefully not be shut down anymore. America yeah, in ruins. A, a deal has been struck, I believe. Yeah. Uh but right now it's still struck sh- shut down and that's kind of timely with this movie where America after an unexplained period of being in shambles has clawed its way back to economic strength, peace, prosperity and low crime rates through the institution oh. of the purge. Okay, one, that sounds ominous. One night a year when all crime is legal. Does that include murder? Yes, as the <laughs> government announcement made on television Explicitly says, says all crimes including murder. <laughs> I believe are up legal. to murder. And I don't I think, think that they like the high point. I, well, I mean, what would be higher than that? Treason? I don't think that... Uh, yes. <laughs> and treason is not legal on the purge. Although I maybe, I don't know. <laughs> it seems like maybe the government didn't need to announce that that includes murder, because it seems like that's the only crime anyone's interested in in this movie. Uh, well, yeah, you that's don't true. See you don't see any looting. Ra- you don't see any uh, raping. Thank There's you. no thieving. We don't see any thieving. Uh, we don't see any jaywalking. No littering. No property destruction. No one tears the tags off of mattresses. It's not actually against the law. What? Uh, and from <laughs> considering some of these performances, I'm assuming drug use is... Uh, oh, I thought you were talking about stealing the stealing the show. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, Chewing the scenery. <laughs> nobody opens a business in a residentially zoned district. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nobody drives a truck without a Class D license. Hilarious what they did during the purge. It's like, all right, we've built this business. We've waited to open it until the purge. And then we're going to get grandfathered in. <laughs> or like the cops pull someone over who's driving. This license says you need glasses. Not tonight, copper. <laughs> <laughs> you can't touch me. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm scot free. That's my name. <laughs> Somebody orders a giant submarine sandwich, and the guy preparing it takes the latex gloves off. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Well, that's company policy. That's not a law. You can that's can be fired for that that's even during the single white female uh, place. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a scene with people just tearing their hairnets off. No, that's uh, Hand That Rocks the Cradle is the movie that opens with oh, a guy yeah. taking latex gloves off. Okay. <laughs> this is the latex gloves cast. Every time I take latex gloves off, that's what I think of. Really? I think of a movie where Ernie Hudson Why are you plays wearing so many latex gloves? Because <laughs> I think of like mad scientists taking, like with yeah. rubber gloves on. No, like I surgical think about, gloves. And what I always doing? think that I am a gynecologist about to mm-hmm. uh, horribly do something to somebody. <laughs> okay. Terrible. Uh, well, anyway. There's a terrible insight into you. Some it's October, of- dude. All rule, uh, you're shocking you know, me. All rules are off. Through some sort of unexplained purge effect, crime is low and unemployment is low. It seems mainly because so many poor people are killed during the purge. They kind of yeah. dance around saying that the rich kill the poor during the purge, and that's how America has regained its strength. But, I mean, all right. I'm already taking issue with the stupid uh, premise of this movie. I haven't but, gotten like, to the dumb part of the premise, which no, is that but, this was instituted by a mysterious government group called the New Founding Fathers, and everyone's super religious about it. They keep saying, blessed be the New Founding Fathers, and it's like, yeah, we got it. You don't have to hit it over the, hit us over the head with the right-wing whatever, like 
cartoony stuff. Like, just make it a purge. They don't have to be religious fanatics who, who love the Founding Fathers. But also, for the purge. purposes of this movie, I'm willing to buy, like, you know, you talk about having, like, a big buy in movies. Like, I'm willing to buy the premise, like, I would be willing to buy the idea of, like, okay, crime rate is low because we have crime one night a year. But once you get into, like, and where economic prosperity is back because we've got crime, like, that yeah. is totally not so. Well, even the idea that crime is down, you know, people give gifts other nights than Christmas. Yeah. Just because there's one gift-giving night doesn't mean you don't get gifts other nights. But Just because Valentine's Day comes once a year doesn't mean no one has sex other nights. Sure. But I mean, well. <laughs> hold on. But if you save it up till <laughs> Valentine's Day. we married guys over here. <laughs> But killing the poor doesn't suddenly solve all of our economic problems. That just means I believe that the I believe there's a Dead Kennedy song that, that says otherwise. That means that suddenly there's no one willing to work low wage jobs. Yeah, it does seem like you would immediately yeah, there's lose gonna your be labor robots pool. Running all uh, oh, now, if they I introduced robots other robots. than the burnt baby doll attached to a robot truck, which or a, I can a only assume truck. that that is just the tip of the robot iceberg that this movie is hinting. A at. robot iceberg, <laughs> some it. sort of roboberg or floating ice- around. Murdering Titanics. Ice bot. Yeah. <laughs> murdering, murdering Titanics. But one night a year, murdering Titanics is legal. All right. So we've danced around it. We should get into the more uh, what the detailed synopsis. Well, I mean, so not... the movie opens with uh, like a, a, a credits roll explaining that the purge, the, uh, explaining the purge and the yeah. uh, economic prosperity instead of, of course, like showing us this. Which it does. Or... I mean, like the thing is, it doesn't need it because later on there's like the emergency broadcast thing that. Totally explains what the purge is. So you're I saying think it's so they don't want people to sit down in the theater and be like, "What the fuck movie yeah. am I watching?" I they thought I was watching. Here comes there the is boom. A, there is a. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching. Here comes the purge. <laughs> but this is an ice purge, <laughs> the animated film <laughs> <laughs> with Ray Romano. He's hilarious. I thought I saw Purgatar. <laughs> you know, they go to another planet and they purge things. So here's. So I guess here's a common thread we've seen in a lot of bad movies. On, in this podcast, which is explaining the premise of the world right at the top so that every moron in the audience gets it right away. Including these three morons. Yes, mm-hmm. including us three morons right here sitting with our, our dumb microphones being stupid. And with a mouthful of Popeyes. Hey, 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 guys, I mean, the, the microphones po- aren't dumb. Sorry, Come sorry, on. microphones. Uh, but it seems like almost every movie or book or TV show set in, like, another world – Allow is better when it allows you to discover the rules of the world. Like, just look at any good episode of The Twilight Zone. It's very rare that Rod Serling just comes out in the beginning and says, like, by the way, this is a world where people live on another planet. It's not <laughs> Earth, but you'll find out they go to Earth at the end. Or, like, yeah. here's... Those aren't masks. They're all monster faces. <laughs> yeah. so, well, they become monster faces no, after they, they put the masks on. But wait, what? Spoiler alert for a <laughs> Twilight Zone episode. Or, like, look, submitted for your approval. A world where beautiful is the norm because people change their appearances, but one girl thinks otherwise, and she'll be proved wrong at the end. Oops, did I spoil it? Welcome to the spoiling zone. <laughs> like, it's, it seems like nothing is made better by having it explained to you at the top. Even And people would point to maybe, what, like Star Wars? But that tells you almost nothing at the top. It tells you that there's bad guys and some rebels are fighting them, and that's about it. And, yeah. that, and that a Death Star exists. But anyway, yeah. But I mean, like, I think you you brought up the example of the movie version of the Golden Compass. Yeah, that's the telling main you one everything for me. about it. Whereas in the book, they don't tell you about it. In the it, book, it, it's it evolves this... like a beautiful onion. It looks. It's like <laughs> yes. Well, I, I would say more like a flower unfolding and blossoming. But like not an, an evolving un- onion. No, not an evolving <laughs> onion. An onion that I guess walks on hind legs. Yeah. 
yeah. and gets thumbs. You have to learn to use rudimentary tools. But anyway, the plot of The Purge. So we see a lot of people getting ready for The Purge, which seems to mainly involve putting flowers in front of their house, which I didn't understand mm-hmm. what the and point of that was. And sharpening machetes. Yeah. And the neighbors are sharpening yard, machetes. Sharpening up your machetes. And now we're in a wealthy neighborhood where Ethan Hawke, a seller of security systems for homes, is joining his wife, Lena Headey, mm-hmm. uh, from the villain from Dread. <laughs> yeah, and sure. That's, what that's you all mo- she's ever known Lena for. from. That's the most recent thing I saw her in. Uh, okay. What else, she what else did she do? What else did she do? Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sarah Connor from the Sarah Con- TV Sarah Connor Chronicles. Oh, I mm-hmm. forgot she played Sarah Connor in the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Terminator yeah. TV, as I call it. <laughs> <laughs> when you're talking to your wife about Terminator TV? Yeah. When are they going to bring back Terminator TV? <laughs> and I mean, she's they like, ah, j- oh, always with the Terminator <laughs> TV. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying they jumped to that other dimension at the end. What happened? Uh, so... The, uh, People are hanging out. I actually didn't know she played Cersei because I don't watch the Game of Thrones series. Mm-hmm. Just, you know. Me neither. So, uh, Ethan Hawke has a made a fucking mint. Ethan, even Ethan though Hawke's made, well, made. There's this one night a year when people need security. Well, Ethan Hawke's, but you really need yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. Ethan Hawke's yeah, made I mean, any, bank. Anything goes. Selling security yeah. to everybody on his, on his block. And the people in the neighborhood are not happy about it. And the, one of the women says to Lena Headey, Oh, we kind. Of, she basically comes out and says, "We hate you because you bought. We all bought security from you, and then you built this huge addition on your house. You know, have some cookies. They say the neighbor. And she yeah, disappears for a minute uh, for most of the movie, and you're like, she's going to come back and try. She and has kill to them, come right? back because they those hate cookies them. have like shurikens in them or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like the it's like the uh, the uh, was it praline surprise or something like that in the, uh, yeah. in the Monty Python chocolate yeah. sweet meat spring, spring surprise. Yeah, spring. Two sharp springs. <laughs> Plunge through <laughs> the cheeks. Yeah. It, well, there wouldn't be a surprise. <laughs> we use only the finest Iraqi frogs. <laughs> uh, anyway, Monty Python, look it up. It's good stuff. <laughs> yep. So, But there's everyone's getting ready for the purge. Uh, Ethan Hawke has two kids, a teenage girl who wears a school, a Catholic schoolgirl's outfit through the whole movie. And you mm-hmm. think that we're yeah. perfectoids for bringing it up, but this is clearly like, this is like fetish wear. This is, she is wearing like the full like blouse with like a necktie and short And, and the skirt Catholic girl without skirt. like the shorts under the skirt that yeah. girls actually wear in real life. All she's missing is like a katana and a tentacle rape in her. Am I right, guys? <laughs> okay. Whoa. Not where I was going. No. Oh, wait. No, thank you. Okay, go to more no, Britney Rwa- Spears Rwa- place. Rewind it. No, Rwanda okay. it. Let's <laughs> tell uh, Rwanda it. Uh, so, Talk about fetish wear. What? <laughs> don't know. Don, Don you, you know what, Stuart? Maybe open that Coors Light faster so you can put the Coors Light in your mouth and not say these crazy not things. Not my feet. No, yeah, exactly. Take your feet out of your mouth and put some delicious Coors Light in there. I think that's their new. Uh, you get sixteen <laughs> ounces to get through. So Coors Light, uh, please give us some money for that advertisement. That the take people, your feet out of your mouth and put some delicious Coors Light who, in there. Hey, Stuart, take your feet out of your mouth. People implying that the people who drink your beer are weird tentacle fetishists who find Hotel Rwanda sex. I'm glad that you're making judgment calls on tentacle fetishes. <laughs> you're right, because my fetish of human women who have sex with men is really crazy. My naked lady fetish is really weird. Uh, I so, was watching. I did watch a scene from Possession on uh, earlier today. So what you're suggesting YouTube, so. is that if that is today a was a purge, I would be within my rights to totally just purge you all over the place. Yeah, right you now. could just kill me all over. So anyway, 
They have a son who is who is oh, like cool dude. He's a sunglass specialist. <laughs> All most of what we know is he wears these super cool black shades that are hooked up to a camera that he put into a remote controlled device. That is, it's a remote control car tank that he put like a half burnt baby doll on. It looks it's, like one it's of the baby from uh, from Toy, Toy Story. Story. It looks like one of Sid's monsters from Toy Story, the first one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but uh, he, but he, whenever he uses it, he puts on this, this, these cool shades, and there's so many shots of just this kid sitting there, no expression on his face, sunglasses on. It looks like he's he's pretending to be Tom Cruise or something. He's and getting ready for a Maxell commercial. But the thing is, it allows him to uh, initiate the mind machine interface. Mm-hmm. Yeah, course. exactly. Yeah, I mean it's super simple. He's no, he's neuromancing. Yeah. <laughs> so even though the purge is starting. Sexy daughter has her boyfriend. her boyfriend, who's an older guy, but by like a couple of years. Yeah, they he both doesn't seem look like, that much older. They both look like, like high 20s. school students. I think they're both in high school. I mean, I think that's in the, the movie they're in the high school, but in they're in the high school. <laughs> in the high school, the kids in the high school these days. Am I right? Well, yeah. with the learning and the books. Yeah, they're going to purge HS later on to go to purge you. <laughs> and that's the other thing. The, the son is like, we learned about the purge in history today. And it's like, all right, let's stop right there. That's what, what at most what ten years of history, and yeah. it, this is a this is they set up a nation where everything is about the purge. Like all anyone well, talks mean, about is the purge, look, and I know the purge, the purge is that day. night. But on Christmas, I mean, it's the like, name again, of the movie, dude. On Christmas and Halloween, people and talk goes about to jail. other things. They're mainly talking about when he goes to jail. <laughs> no, they're not. There's the part where he's chewing on the pen when he's in the jury <laughs> oh, duty that's box, pretty hilarious, dude. and at the end when he has electricity powers, which is really amazing. That yeah. was the best turn of movie history. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. That was the audition of Ernest movies. Yeah. Wes Craven's I didn't think he was going to turn into a Ernest superhero at the end. <laughs> uh, so, but everyone talks about the Purge. America is all about the Purge. They love it. Everything on TV and the but, radio is about yeah, the Purge. Yeah, but they've they've put this Purge into place pretty fast, considering how not far in the future this movie is. It's supposed become to a be. real Hallmark holiday. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's everywhere. Oh, the Purge. That's just another excuse to sell greeting cards and kill people. <laughs> But uh, so they're all getting. They Ethan Hawke is like, we're all gonna sit at home every year, like every year. We're just gonna close the metal barriers and watch TV because on TV they just air random surveillance footage of people getting murdered all over the country. Sure. And it's one of those things also where you're like, let's say I buy the premise that one night a year crime is okay. And a large number of people get involved. I don't think everybody in the country is going to want to watch it on TV. Like, they'll probably just want to stick with the regular CBS lineup. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, you don't they know. They probably don't have an option. It's probably preempted. It might just be. Though I would off. think that they're missing out on a lot of primo bucks from uh, advertisers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, they, the networks hate it. Economic superiority, I don't think so. It's probably, you know, you can probably, like, turn to PBS and watch John Tesh at Red Rocks or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's kind of well, like. that'll get me in the mood to purge. There's a thing that used to happen in Soviet Russia where. Whenever there was trouble, like in the 80s, when they were, and I think in the 70s, when there was trouble in the country, like protests, they would just air, or like the if the secretary general of the, or sorry, the, uh, the head of the party had died, they would just run the same performance of Swan Lake over and over again <laughs> on TV. And so I wonder if John Tesh at Red Rocks is like that in the Purge universe, yeah. where we're like, something big must be going on. Red Rocks is on. <laughs> yeah, it's opiate for the masses. <laughs> Piano in yep. a beautiful canyon setting. <laughs> so anyway, the purge. There's not much of a plot in this movie. No, there isn't. Ethan Hawke. Well, clocks, that, that kid's in the house is important to know. The Ethan Hawke shuts down the, the yes. thing, and they're all hanging out. They, the family does not really get along. Mm-hmm. We have one of those family dinner scenes where Ethan Hawke is like, "Kids, be serious. Yeah, tell me about your day. Stop Come giving on. each other daps." Well, and the, and the kids like <laughs> the kids do give each other daps. And the, like the, the the boy kids like. 
Dad, why the purge? <laughs> and Ethan's like, the purge is important. It's necessary. It's what made our country great again. But you and Mom don't purge. Yeah, what? If we wanted to kill people, we would. We just don't want to. Mm-hmm. Okay, then a guy starts running into the neighborhood, a black guy, he obviously bloodied on the run, going, help me, help me. And homeless, right? Well, we find out he's homeless, but he doesn't look homeless. Help me, someone save me. Like, he doesn't have, like, bags for shoes. And so he's, he's not... like like a John Rambo style homeless. He's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. He doesn't walk into the neighborhood and goes, I'm sorry to ruin anybody's purge. Mm-hmm. I am homeless. I'm just looking for safety and a, and maybe a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Please, God bless you. If anyone you can, can let help me. let me into your just house your or give show. me some food. And then he shuffles through down the neighborhood. Anybody? 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 And then when nobody gives him anything, he he uh, goes to the next neighborhood. Yeah. He checks his iPhone. That's Elliot Kalen. Elliot Kalen being heartless about the homeless. Come on. <laughs> I give to the homeless all the time. All right. A lot of my commutes are interrupted by homeless people or mariachi bands. That's true. I'd much rather be confronted with a homeless person than a mariachi band in the yeah. morning. The and a hand, a hand up, not a handout. The man. worst. That's what Elliot always The worst said. is homeless mariachi bands. <laughs> <laughs> they had to pawn their instruments, yeah. so they just make the noises with their mouths. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Instead anyway. of shaking uh, maracas, they shake bottles of their own urine. It's terrible. It doesn't really get the same sound. It's terrible. I mean, are you getting, Dan, when you shake a bottle of your urine, does it make like a sound like yeah, a maraca? I'm, I'm paying peas. oh boy Dan your bladder should not be turning food into peas (laughs) I mean it started out as peas so I shouldn't end up as peas hold on a second it shouldn't even go in there (laughs) okay if anyone's a urologist please write in so let me go through the rest of this call in right now the minimal plot in this so this homeless guy runs out please can anyone help me and everyone's ignoring him except the son feels bad for him he feels compassion disarms the house the homeless guy runs in Ethan Hawke's like what are you doing Puts the shutters down on the house again. Mm-hmm. And then a team of cartoonishly preppy, evil, cart- you know, just – it's like these pe- like a bunch of college kids who watched American Psycho too many times stroll up in their preppy suits with like school uh, jackets and, and say like, we were chasing that filthy poor pig, that homeless swine. He, we're supposed to kill him for our nation's purge, and you're stopping us. So if you don't let him out, we're going to go in there and kill your whole family. Yeah. and It's like if the guys from Funny Games had sex with the Joker and had a baby. Exactly, yeah. But I think even, and then a bunch of babies. And the baby was like way less charismatic than anybody who was in Funny Games or Heath, or Keith Ledger as the Keith Joker. Ledger thing. I think even before as that, the, the Japester. As the Japester. <laughs> <laughs> even before that happened, though, what we have is a uh, a standoff. Like Ethan Hawke sees this uh, this unkempt black man in his home. He's like, "Why did you do this?" And he's got his gun out. And then the boyfriend comes downstairs and shoots at Ethan Hawke because twist, he's the real danger at this point in the movie, at least, and yeah. wants to kill Ethan Hawke for keeping him away from his hot teenage schoolgirl daughter. He didn't even get. He didn't even sleep with her before he attempted to kill her dad. I would think he would try and sleep. With I assume that that happened is that, before. Well, except I mean, what's weird yeah, is but that you need that extra boost of confidence. She's taking her clothes off and they're making out, and then he stops and is like, "Uh, I gotta go talk to your dad." So like, I want to be really rage filled when I confront <laughs> yeah. your dad with bullets, much like Jake Lamada in Raging Bull. Yeah. I like to get my libido up and then deny myself. Well, like so a, I've got that much more anger and power for the fights. Like, like wearing a hair shirt. <laughs> But for my balls, <laughs> it's like Bull Durham. He 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 feels like uh like you know having sex drains his energy, and he might not be able to shoot as well. So he's got to have his oh, yeah, yeah. he's got to target Enough with his gun, said. gun shooting. He looks like he's seen Bull Durham a couple mm-hmm. times. Yeah. 
But uh, he had that Bull Durham look or BDL, as we say. Except it didn't help him with his aim, as he missed, and uh, Ethan Hawke totally, totally shootified him till he was dead. <laughs> yep. But that that was enough of a distraction for the homeless guy to escape into the cavernous house, <laughs> into the bowels yeah. of the mansion, <laughs> and and for a long time. It's so that and the the preppy kids cut the power and for a long time it's just Ethan Hawke and Lena Headey just wandering through this dark house looking for this homeless guy and not finding him and nothing happening. And well, that's what's great is this this unique sense of geography uh-huh. where around every corner is just another oh, yeah, corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's a veritable not, house of leaves. It's real. It's non Euclidean geometry they built this thing on. And Men have gone the, mad gazing on the house from the purge. The daughter also <laughs> <This is> like <laughs> cyclopean forms. The daughter also disappears into the Eldritch. shadows for no particular reason. <laughs> Let us some other H.P. Lovecraft words. No, no. <laughs> but the, like the daughter like leaves. disappears for a long time. Yeah, and it would make into sense. Into the miasma. It would make a little sense if she was like bitterly mad at her dad for shooting her boyfriend. But no, she like immediately is like, "Why did my boyfriend shoot my dad?" And like felt bad about it. But there's no reason then why she should like slink off into the shadows. She had to go find danger. herself upon the spires of you. Yeah, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah, she was going on a dream quest in Unknown Cadeth. Okay. Uh, anyway, so there's the point a, is everyone's separate. The point is they're all looking for this guy. Eventually, yeah, they, that's the amp up the tension. That's mm-hmm. called directing. Directing pr- uh, provided by James. James DeMonico? Something like that. DeMonico, like, Demonic- of, Mo- like oh! of, Mo- of Monaco. And what Stuart says, yeah, say it again. Demonic. Oh, Dan? Dan, you don't like what? it? You, oh, you seem so unhappy. Dan, you seem like you went into a fugue state for a second. Okay. Were you quantum leaping? <laughs> I appear to be in front of some microphones, uh, some sort of podcast. Um, Must be some kind of midnight sex talk radio show. Anyway, I'll begin. So here's my craziest story. <laughs> I was watching my two best friends have sex for some reason, and they had sex in a very particular way. Here's here. I think we might have talked about the, the movies where... <laughs> Where it's they've taken like a Cinemax TV show and yeah. they've cut up the scenes and made it a movie and they're like yeah like so a friend of mine and told her me the boyfriend told story. me the craziest story and then it just dissolves to a sex scene it's, it's like, like okay two people having sex that wasn't anything it's not crazy but also no like scenario. how are you describing this I don't, so Were anyway you there? <laughs> get out of no, my but also mind like, like it's not a story like there's nothing to tell then so then there was some reverse cowgirl <laughs> yeah exactly then he was behind he was behind her for a little bit. But then she was on the bottom again. Mm-hmm. And then she was in a space where it kind of looked like she was giving him oral, but it wouldn't be quite lining up. It didn't line up. up quite right. It looked more like she was, like, bobbing her head against <laughs> his thigh. It's kind of like uh, the oral sex in Orange is the New Black. Am I right, guys? I haven't watched that. Um, sure. Come on. Netflix yeah. originals. So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, eventually... Uh, they're in, a, in another Mexican standoff, no offense to Mexicans listening, where the homeless man has his gun against the little boy's head. Or is the daughter? No, the daughter's head. It doesn't matter. The, the and little kid looks Ethan like a Hawk, girl. He's got yeah, he's hair. got long hair. He looks like Hanson. And the and the bad guy looks like grown up Hanson. They both look like members. Of it's Hanson. a bunch of Hansons. It's yeah. like and if this movie had been this like Looper, if they're not like the crazy Hansons, <laughs> what a twist! What's great about that twist is they never reveal it in the movie. Yeah, it's extra. Textual. You gotta puzzle it out. <laughs> it's not canon. It's not purge canon. But in your purge fanfic, anyway. 
Uh, By the way, you can't use a cannon in the purge. It's a we- uh, it's class a, five. Yeah, weapon. you're not allowed to have a higher than a class four weapon. And certain government uh, officials are considered immune to the purge. So you imagine the Which president luckily is doesn't just, fit within the scope of the yeah, movie. The president is just it. strolling down the street <laughs> while there's murder. Can't touch me. <laughs> I'm got his president. Me. He's got his president badge out. Look at it. He's wearing a sash that says president. <laughs> Uh, one thing that I do think that we shouldn't gloss over, though, is while... Um, while oh, yeah, I was just going to say, the mom sneaks up, shoots the homeless guy, so now the homeless guy's at their mercy. Anyway, yeah. you're saying. But while they're waiting for the homeless guy uh, outside, all of these evil... This evil gang is just doing stereotypical horror movie They're all stuff. wearing masks that have big smiley faces. Not mm-hmm. like Smiley. They don't look like a fat man's belly. Yeah. <laughs> this is in the middle of the purge, They mind all look you, like the mask. Where no one Jim would King. have to wear a mask to commit a crime. Because it's not illegal to commit crimes. But it's not nearly scary enough to have a normal style And they're just face. like staring into ca- into the surveillance cameras, kind of turning mm-hmm. their head, the tilting their heads. Yeah. And the two lady masks make out for a second for some reason. And they're dressed in like... Uh-huh. Old timey ghost fashion. Yeah, yeah they, one of them swings on the old time swing set. It's possible that the yeah, people. Yeah, why do they have that fucking swing set? <laughs> kids, kids don't use that for shit. spooky ghost shit. In the year twenty five, in the year twenty twenty five, swings are back. Okay. <laughs> Part of the purge is that people love swings. Again. Cell phone use down, baby robots and swings. Yeah, this is also one of those movies, and it shouldn't bother me as much as it does. It's twelve years into the future. And everybody dresses exactly the same and still uses iPads. Like every the yeah. te- technology and clothes are still the same. Just make it 2015. Stand still, dude. I, I guess. There's I, a brief dark age. I do like. <laughs> See, so in that 12 years, they went back to barbaric times <laughs> they and they've only yeah. re- brought themselves up to Wearing the year 2013. Fashion, uh, clothes fashioned out of auto parts and, <laughs> <laughs> and street signs. Or as they call them, demon carriages. I, mean, <laughs> I see what you're saying. Do you have the black blood that feeds the demon carriages? <laughs> I prefer that to like them having like fucking hover cars all of a sudden, and it's just I like, how did that happen? Cars. It's just like, don't say it's the year twenty twenty five. Moon you know? boots, giant shoulder pads, spiky hair. Yeah, you got to give them some time Bill to get this purge Ted's up and running. <laughs> Bill and Ted's, Bill's and Ted. I'm not going to believe that they have. This, I can only that assume they have the purge that the in two years from now. Now, aliens. now, twelve years from now, I wouldn't. No, we're going to have a purge, guys. Okay. So, but it's and and also the fact that I'd start purging too if fashion never changed. What? <laughs> I don't understand what that means. I'd I'd organize a vote for a purge thing. Anyway, let me just finish this stupid movie real quick. Uh, So so Ethan Hawke is going to deliver the homeless guy up to the bad guys, and they're tying him up with with tape, and he's about to escape, so he tells Lena Headey, Oh, uh, I can't hold him for too long. There's a there's a letter opener on my desk. Stab him in his wound with it. And before this, Ethan Hawke had just hit him in the head with a vase and knocked him out. Why didn't they just hit him again? And well, so that, instead, his that wife was a is a priceless Ming vase. Ellie. They didn't want to do it, it two break. times in a row. So instead, his wife is stabbing him in the wound with a letter opener. Instead and the kids hitting are hitting the reset button. The kids with the Ming are vase. horrified. Except the son kind of looks like he's enjoying it. He's getting they tie him up again, and then there's more taunting from the villain. And then the homeless guy says. No, save your family. Like, put put me out there. Sacrifice me. And that, in Ethan Hawke, awakens the opposite feeling of, what am I doing? This is crazy. He refuses to send the homeless guy out. The preppy bad guys come in and are supposedly invading the house, but Ethan Hawke kills almost all of them pretty easily. This is a very short home invasion. Like, the actual home invasion part of this movie... Takes very little time. Yeah, I mean, this movie is less than 90 minutes, and I think the actual home invasion is probably 20 minutes of it. But the, best, the best part about the home invasion is that's when the movie cranks up the special effects oh boy. using the art of computer technology. And what are those computers rendering? Is it perhaps 
something that looks real when a computer render it. Of course not. It's got to be over the top action because that's what I've come to expect. In so my there movies. is there is gloopy animated blood that bursts out of people's bodies. I want a guy to be standing pretty still for a while while like three or four bullets hit him before he just slumps over dead. <laughs> yeah, just like real life. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he shoots a bunch of people. There's some fighting, but then the preppy bad guy trick uh, surprises Ethan Hawke and stabs him in the stomach. Mm-hmm. Ethan Hawke. I was surprised too. Uh, dies eventually, but then what happens? I don't even remember what happens to the preppies. Uh, the, the preppy bad guy is gunned down by his neighbors. Oh, right. The neighbors... like the seventh turnaround. The neighbors show up, and we see this like four times in a row, a bad guy about to kill one of our heroes. And They're then, like tickling our hero to death. <laughs> and then a neighbor getting shooting them. Yeah, the first time, a, a man and woman preppy are holding down the wife and she's going no no and then and the the girl decides to tickle the wife for a little bit and then takes out a huge sword <laughs> but it's like that was the, the one creepy moment in the whole movie is when she just starts tickling her cuz like that's a weird thing for a killer it's, to suddenly it's a do it's weird, weirdly playful moment yeah kind of intimate and, and that's what's so scary hot, about it right dan yeah you know it this guy understands <laughs> no yeah. uh, but we see the neighbors get the drop on the bad guys like four times after the the first, and we're like, oh no, our heroes are totally murdered. No, and then the they go, oh thank you, and the neighbors go, oh no, now we, we wanted to kill you because we hate you so much, and because of money, you I you guess. stole all our you you took all our money because I guess we were forced re- to buy security. <laughs> you from took all you. our money in return for services rendered. And, and then you, you built your house. And even though we're all rich and have mansions, we're mad at you for having a bigger mansion. And then they talk for a while. Isn't that the way, though, right? And then... Always eyeing your neighbor's stuff. We haven't seen it in a while, but that little remote control car with the burned baby doll on it comes by. Just a diversion. Homeless guy gets the drop on him, makes their drop their weapons, and the wife says, okay, now we're going to sit and wait out the rest of the night with no killing. Yeah. Cut to a couple minutes before the purge is over. They're just sitting around the, the dining room table. And... Uh, the one of the the women who brought woman who brought by cookies earlier and told Lena Hetty how much everybody hated them, like makes a move and Lena Hetty just smashes her face into the table. <laughs> and for the first time for a while, like this is when they decide to use like fake blood, like physical blood, and but it looks like barbecue sauce is just pouring out of her face. Sure, maybe. And then maybe in the future, people's blood doubles as barbecue sauce. <laughs> hey, it's the purge, man. Anything can happen. Exactly, subtext, right? And uh, the siren goes off, and the purge is over. Mm -hmm. The end. Yep, and the officials come and drag off the bodies. And clean everybody up, because they got a lot of cleaning to do. Now, Now, hold on, I gotta... Jinx! One of the... By law, you can't talk. Okay. (laughs) You owe him a Coke, too. Okay. Yeah. One of the things that bothers me a lot... Oh, it's the purge. Oh, it's the purge. I forgot the Jinx Jinx laws no longer apply for the purge. Um, there are many things. No that laws apply, me. even Jinx. <laughs> Every crime is legal, even talking jinx when you're Jinx from Space Camp. <laughs> Just say what you're gonna say, okay? <laughs> you said, he that's spit what, it out, numb. That's what finally shut you up. <laughs> is me referencing Jinx from Space Camp? Yeah. No, I like. I know that Come we're on, so- Jinx for brains. Just say it. <laughs> the idea is, oh, we're supposed to learn this lesson of about compassion. how bad purges are. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I do not believe at the end, Lena Headey being like. Oh, uh, you were all about to kill us all. Wait, stop. No killing. No, we're going to wait this out. We're going to well, sit at the kitchen well, table. Well, like Stuart said something while we were watching the movie was, which, about mo- movies that set up a fake – well, you, you said Yeah, it so often movies set up a fake premise, like some kind of crazy premise where – 
for example, a purge or there's Crime a lottery. Is legal, where, yeah. Yeah. Or, and or, yeah. The whole point of the movie, the whole message is like, this stupid thing we invented is crazy. <laughs> it's like, I knew that it was yeah. crazy. You know, you what? were supposed to convince me it wasn't crazy. <laughs> the premise of the movie is that this is a horror movie where a crazy thing happens. Yeah. So why would you think I'm on board with it and you need to tell me why the crazy thing is bad? Maybe humanity is the true monsters in this world where the purge exists. <laughs> Why did we invent this stupid purge? Like, yeah, I don't know why you did it. You didn't really explain it very well. You know we don't do that in real life, right? And I think they're trying to make a point about classes preying on each other and lack of compassion between economic groups. But instead, it's just like, I think they're betting that like 20 years down the line, there's going to be a purge. And and the movie will be super popular. Revolutionaries. The the Quattos. (laughs) Amazingly prescient movie, The Purge, really foresaw what happened. It's very popular among Quattos. But also, like, this is a movie. In the future, Quattos are are forced to live in Quatto ghettos. (laughs) Quattos are forced to become outlaws. But there is a legend of a chosen Quatto who will lead his people to Quatto freedom. But also, like, aside from its failure as an allegory, just because it is like a thing where, like, oh, we set up a crazy world where man is inhumane because man is inhumane. That's kind of stolen from an old Star Trek episode. But also, like, it, I don't think it's even making, like, within its world, its message is so confused because what I took away from this movie is. Yeah, that kid totally shouldn't have opened up the door and let that guy in. led to in. a bunch of trouble. Yeah, everyone died because of that. <laughs> Compassion is a bad idea. Yeah, maybe that was the real... The it's message a I took away movie. is if you're going to come up with an armored house, you need to have some kind of like attack like weapon to shoot people that come to your front door. Ah, like yeah. Some kind of like gas dispenser. Like a or have like a panic hydrogen room inside perfect. your house. Don't just have one level. Come on. If the movie Panic Room taught me anything, it's that panic rooms are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> They said Kristen Stewart was going to be our next star. Wait, she was, she was in Panic she was Room? The daughter. Yeah, no, she that's played... Jodie Foster you're thinking of. No, you're thinking of the mom. <laughs> well, Jodie Foster played someone's daughter. Yeah. Every woman is someone's daughter, Dan. Remember the next time you get in a lap dance, you perv. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here's the problem also. I mean, my wife is also someone's daughter. I don't see what that is. Whoa, 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 dude, why whoa. did you go there? That's crazy. That's horrible. But I don't, I just just, don't understand. Oh, you know what? You're kicked out. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know it's the purge and all gross things are legal. your flop house house keys. But... <laughs> Guys, let's change the Flophouse locks. I can change. <laughs> so even if even if the premise doesn't hold together, if the movie was suspenseful yeah, or thrilling or scary, it would be a different. It would be a different story. We wouldn't care because if John Carpenter had made this crazy movie. If John Carpenter had made it, as you said, when well, the movie, they have a great baseline. <laughs> There'd be a sick baseline. <laughs> the setup would take way longer. That's, like he would put way more effort into the setup, have, which is what this movie does. He'd do. build up the characters, but also the setup would be longer. But the scare stuff would be longer too. Like, yeah. there's a lot of filler in this movie, and it's like it's a lot of like shots from the robot baby camera. Yeah, yeah. just wandering around. Well, yeah, the filler would be clever banter, like like uh, Howard Hawks' banter, rather than just like wandering halls. Yeah, and uh, and there's scary Attack movies about Purge wandering 13. halls, like House of the Devil is an incredibly scary movie that's mainly just a woman wandering around a house for like an hour. With no obvious threat. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, but it's really frightening. And the first moment when you, to spoil something, the first moment when like there's evidence that there's someone else in this house is incredibly scary because they've built up this tension that's so scary beforehand. But in The Purge, they don't really do any of that. You know, it's just kind of like pretty straightforward. There's nothing scary. There's nothing, there's no cool scenes. There's no horrifying scenes. 
There's and there's, no, there's not enough effort made to make the killers seem like actual people and not crazy cartoon characters. Yeah. Um, I think that we're hitting our time limit on The Purge. I'm just saying, this movie should have been purged. Now, it's, it's totally scarifying. There, there are, Two thumbs there are, up. I mean, I think... Wait, I, hey, okay. I was just going to say it's unfair not to give it a couple... Like, there's a couple okay character moments... There's a couple, I don't know, but it's... it's no, it's. I mean, it's not the look, worst you, movie. It's you not ATM. this for the fucking thing that I was about to do, okay, which was sure. Final Judgments. Sorry, Boston. There's, we there's, we there's tell a, him to give up his keys and he gets so mad at us. You don't need to stop... You don't need to stop me progressing to Final Judgments to give you your Final Judgment. All we did That's was what, call you a perv and kick you out of the club, okay, and so suddenly you're mad at us. What I was trying to say is this is the time, no, no, no. part of the movie where... Yeah. Wait, this is this the part, part of the podcast of the... where we say if the movie was scarily snoring, no, that's not... spookily sleepy, <laughs> oh, you're doing it all wrong, or or horrifyingly bad good. Was this movie, <laughs> or if it was moon blood good, <laughs> totally scarifying, <laughs> totally snorifying, or frighteningly funny, Stuart. <laughs> Uh, totally snorifying, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, understand no, these I stupid bullshit categories. I think I would probably say it's totally snorifying. As I said, like, this is a really stupid premise. It would be great if John Carpenter did it. And it's not completely devoid of... It's not the worst movie in the world, no, but it's still not very there's, good. There's occasional moments that are shot well. Uh, and that kid looks so cool with those fucking sunglasses <laughs> on, man. If it was called Shades Kid, <laughs> and it was about like, this, just this... keep that kid away from those sunglasses. <laughs> I say this is totally snorifying, and I'm harder on it than you because, like, it is a stupid premise, but it's stupid in the way that, like, oh, this could be fun if it was done the right way. Like, if you buy into the premise, then then if the movie is well done, it could be fun. But the movie is the most rote. Like, we're gonna have a bunch of people acting like crazy psychos even though what the, the clever thing about this is like they don't have to yeah they're normal human beings well, all they need just, is one shot of making like watch them all i don't know smoke grass do whatever the kids does, do yeah. whatever they like to do well it's similar to there's that scene in prometheus <laughs> where is that yeah. something? there's the scene in prometheus where the biologist and the geologist start touching the alien that they obviously shouldn't touch and they're acting all loopy and it's like well all they needed was a shot that showed them smoking pot and the scene would make total sense but they either cut that shot out or didn't include it but here's the my problem with the purge ultimately is this premise doesn't need the purge framework if you had a movie where a family gives gives refuge to somebody who's bloody and on the run and there's a team of killers outside who want him and say we're going to come in and take him and kill you if you don't give him up like you don't need the the. It's not. It's like a basic like Western premise kind of. Basically, like, yeah. yeah, but it's not reliant on the purge framework. So if you're going to introduce this idea of a night when all crime is legal, make it a story that's reliant on that. You know, like that really needs that to happen. Because otherwise, what you're doing is not making the point you want to make. You know, and not just like a bad like Hunger Games meets Home Invasion story. Yeah, it's basically like Panic Room meets Hunger Games. You know, and that's if you're going to do that, at least with the Hunger Games. They're doing things in it that you can't do in a world where there's no crazy government that, that has Hunger Games. And know? at least with Panic Room, it's tense at moments. Yeah. Yeah. But like if I was going to do – At least you had David Fincher behind the – So I'd do camera. totally snorifying, but if they did The Purge 2 and they gave it to like a better director. Wong Kar Wai. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Have Wong Kar Wai direct it, Robert Town write it. And you know what? It should star um, – is it too late to get the dead Tashiro Mifune to be in it? <laughs> Now that's a movie I'd see, Purge Two, but like they, I think they're going to do a sequel because this movie made a ton of money on, for its budget, 
and do a movie where like it you couldn't have this story unless it was a world where crime is legal for twelve hours. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if they didn't like just didn't have the budget and didn't want to spring for shots of places other than this one nice subdivision. But even then, like if it was if the movie was just about their neighbors turn on them, that would be a different story. It should be about that, not this crazy preppy group, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, now is the time in the podcast where we read letters from listeners. It's oh, that's the cool. Flophouse movie mailbag. It's, it's usually unheralded by anything, right? No, I, usually it just kind of happens. Okay. And there's no sort of letters from listeners. Oh, listening with letters. Story already delayed this. Write us some words and we're going to read them. You're going to see that we're going to read them. Oh, but you'll hear it. You won't really see it, but we'll read them. Read them. Read them. Read your letters. Letters is taped before a live studio audience. Boo, 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 boo. The music doesn't seem to match the song at all. <laughs> uh, sit letters, sit. Good that? letters. Do you, <laughs> you guys hear that fat bass line coming from somewhere? <laughs> is, it, is John it's Carpenter like, in the room? So, it's like something out of a dream. <laughs> is, the, is the director of The Fog in here? Um, so this first letter is from Brian, last name withheld. Uh, it's titled Austin the, Green. It's titled <laughs> The Original Castle Freak. <laughs> Dearest Floppers, thank you, Dan, for uttering Greatest Truth. I have to admit that during the stolen episode, when you mentioned that Nicolas Cage is the original Castle Freak, I had a Kaiser Soze moment where everything became clear. <laughs> Let me explain. Both Nicolas Cage and the Castle Freak come from royalty of sorts, whether it be Duchess or film royalty. Nicolas Cage turned his obsession with Elvis Presley into sexual attraction for the king's daughter, Lisa Marie Presley. Just like the freak, uh, Giorgio's obsession with his brother, Jeffrey Combs, becomes sexual with his blind daughter. Both are unable to run properly. <laughs> Moonstruck Cage cuts off his own hand in a brake and a brake slicer, and the Castle Freak rips off his own thumb to get off the shackles. The thumb looks like a ding dong. <laughs> According to some, the thumb looks. It might have been a hand ding dong. We don't. Legend know that. tells of a thumb that looks like a ding dong. <laughs> the Castle Freak befriends. My mother always told me of a thumb that looked like a ding dong. The Castle Freak befriends a prostitute, just like Mister Cage, in Leaving Las Vegas. The freak loves to physically assault women, but not as much as Nick, Nick Cage and Wicker Man. Face Off lets us know that the Nicholas that know the Nicholas Cage. Whoa! <laughs> right, Face Off lets us know that Nicholas Cage can eat a peach for hours. However, the Castle Freak has shown he can eat a girl out for just as long. And to seal the deal, we all know that the freaks of the of the freaks ding dong list ness. Also, it has been well established <laughs> that when Nicholas Cage turns into Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. His ding-dong disappears. But he can still pee fire. Well, he says, meaning both of them have to form their hands into a cylinder to pee in a stream. <laughs> I've made my case. Yours and flop. Brian, last name withheld. It's also clear. I think I'm going to throw up. Yep. <laughs> okay. Really? Because of the thing that you brought up uh, over and over again? He brought it up. The, the Nicolas Cage as Castle Freak. Not, I'm going to throw up because of the movie Castle Freak. That movie's <laughs> oh, fucking radical. Oh, okay. <laughs> I misunderstood. Chill out. <laughs> Yeah, I believe you went to the slow floor. your roll. Why are we on each, we're at each other's throats tonight? It's almost like the purge is getting to us. I uh, I believe you went to the Full Moon Features booth at uh, at New York, York Comic Con. Yeah, booth six six six. What? Uh, and I made a couple of purchases, and I got my picture taken a bunch, and they were really nice over there. Like because you you were passing bad checks. Uh, so no, they took I got, your picture I, to put it up next to the register. It was weird. Just people stopped by. We're taking pictures of Stuart from the Flophouse, <laughs> mm-hmm. purchasing Castle Freak Blu-rays, totally handing them out. 
I'm like, you should check this movie out. This dude rips off his own dick. It's crazy, <laughs> and they're man. Like, Actually, he doesn't. Hi, I'm Mr. Moon from Full Moon Entertainment, and I'm Richard Full. <laughs> and we're here to say that he does not rip off his own ding dong. And I was there checking my watch like, is the purge on yet? Can I murder this fucking clown? Uh, so <laughs> How much time till the purge? This next letter is from 22 e- years. <laughs> this letter's from Ian, last name withheld. Zaring. <laughs> Oh, that's I and Zary. Oh, I fucked that up. Okay. Uh, erase that part. Rewind. Okay. Uh, by, the, by the way, the end of the email says, P.S. If Elliot said anything other than McKellen, please give him a slow motion high five. But Elliot said nothing. So he gets no high oh, five. Oh, for Ian McKellen. Yeah. Okay. But uh, so this. I take your I, high five and throw it in the dust. <laughs> <laughs> this email's titled. With my hopes and dreams. It's, a, it's like a frat noir novel, a high five in the dust. <laughs> this is titled. I need an answer. Dear Elliot, Stuart, House Cat, Dance, Couch, and Dan, in no particular order. The couch gets a question? Couch Cat. I recently learned about your podcast when I read an old coffee-stained entertainment weekly and saw you on the must list. Your reverent quips have made my bus and train rides much more enjoyable. Thanks, Ian. Uh, But I have a burning question since the moment I first heard your theme song. what What do you folk wear while podcasting? I've always assumed, as little as possible. <laughs> I've always assumed Elliot wears either a three-piece suit and nope. a fedora, or a, <laughs> I wish, or a Gambit-esque suit of purple armor. Why would I wear the clothing of the man I hate the with most? With which he is in a love-hate relationship. <laughs> okay, that's why. Stuart podcasts and He-Man for a thong. Sure. Dan, of course, wears a tube of knee-length beige fabric with armholes cut out. <laughs> on a scale from you hit the nail on the head to you couldn't be more right, tell me how right my guesses were, please. I'm gonna Plus choose, minus. <laughs> to C, no. <laughs> uh, we wear regular street clothes, except for the times when Stuart gets up to use the yeah. bathroom and comes back wearing a tiny bathing suit, <laughs> which he hasn't done in a long time. That's just for you guys, though. Yeah, that's not to for the To get people. you in the mood. For podcasting. We wear clothes. Podcasts. It's a radio show on the internet. Uh, speaking of clothes that we might wear, what? where would we buy shirts from that we wear? Oh, sure. Uh, you can go to astoymerchandise.com mm-hmm. and buy Flophouse t-shirts. Just imagine we're all wearing Flophouse t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah, with our faces on them, and mm-hmm. we're looking at our own faces when we talk to our, each other, like yeah. we're talking to ourselves. Yeah. And we're caressing them. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Hey, little Elliot head. <laughs> Hope you're enjoying the fluff house. Thanks for saving that, Dan. I thought I was being weird. <laughs> um, so, uh, thanks for that question. Thanks for the question. We were regular thanks, clients. Uh, this is from L. Uh, L. Pearson. Well, actually, this is, I'll, I'll give the full name because we've talked about it before. L. Kennedy, author of the Killer Instincts and Out of Uniform series. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, nice to have you back, L. She says... Long-time listener, second-time writer. Uh, hey floppers! It's titled "A Title for Elliot." Hmm. I was I was the so Baron. <laughs> I was so excited when you led my read my letter on the Nicholas Cage episode. In my humble episode, in my humble opinion, that's the best episode to be acknowledged on. Uh, but she has words for you, Elliot. Millionaire cop and mom to be is a great romance title. I'll give you that, but I can beat it. Pregnesia. <laughs> What? Fortunately, this is not one of my Harlequin titles, but I adore the author who wrote it and who was a good sport about the title. Is there any other title that encapsulates the contents of a book, <laughs> but also does it in the most insane way? I dare you to find it, sir. It's, hard it's a to. condition, I think. I think the she, only one I don't think might... that's the main character's name. <laughs> no, she she includes a link to the Amazon uh, site for Pregnesia, and uh, it's uh, it, it appears to be about a pregnant lady who was in a car accident and, of course, has amnesia after that. And okay. the man who needs to protect her against mysterious forces. Right? Yeah, I guess so. It wasn't like a like a car baby. No, no, it's not. The baby's not half car. I assume <laughs> it's like, like crash. 
Yeah, like like Goldbug from wait. What? Wait. Herbie the Love Bug? Yeah. <laughs> the gold bug is an Edgar Allan Poe story. Yeah, with a racist character in it. Well, the character's not racist, but the depiction of him is. Okay. Yeah. Herbie, so Herbie the gold bug? Yeah. Uh, is that like how at the end of Short Circuit 2, Johnny Five has an all-gold body when he's taking the oath of allegiance to be a citizen? Yeah, he's okay. been upgraded. That's after he takes out the loco. Wait. He bought it from William Devane. It's <laughs> <laughs> a gold body. Uh Pregnesia is a pretty great title. I would say uh, even crazier in summing it up would be a book that someone posted a link to on the Flophouse Facebook page, which it was a series of books, uh, one of which is, of course, called Abraham Lincoln Ninja Fuckmaster. <laughs> and these are ebooks only, and they seem to be 15 okay, page porn action stories about Abraham Lincoln. In which he fights the emperor of Japan on the moon and has sex with a lot of ladies. Yeah. So this is your new jail jail material, is what you're saying? Jail material? Jail? J-Lo? J-O. J Lo? Yeah, J Lo would be good as Lincoln, I guess. Oh, but uh, also, I want just a and no, I would not. I would not masturbate to a story about Abraham Lincoln. Jail means on the moon. jack off. That's what you meant by that. Yeah, that makes way more sense. This uh... he's speaking in his perv code that we don't understand. <laughs> sure. She, she finishes her letter. Okay, dudes, keep up with the great work. Love you guys. One day I'll base a romance character on each of you. <gasps> Stuart can be a ladies' man bartender. Unlikely. Elliot can be a witty intellectual. And Dan, of course, would be the I brooding hero who was probably tortured during his time in the military. Sure. And needs a sweet lady with a nice ass, preferably someone's wife, <laughs> to reawaken his tormented heart. And that character would probably wear some kind of a trench coat or... Oh, yeah, with nothing underneath. Super creepy. Never anything underneath. <laughs> and he wears it on airplanes. It's weird. You're <laughs> It's weird. You're pronouncing the word "sexy" creepy. That's that's strange. <laughs> no, no, I'm using the word creepy. It's a regular spinneroony. So we have more both, letters. Both of you guys got had late and it was implied were involved with ladies in that one. But what was I just like? Yeah, you're a witty intellectual. You're like a you're a Nick Charles. Type. So I'm like the uh, uh, okay. Well, he's Jeez, a lady. One of the best ladies. What? You're yeah. bi-optional. Bi-optional? Yeah, you have the option to be with man or woman. <laughs> I never heard that before. <laughs> I mean, everyone's bi-optional. Okay, okay. Trademark Stewart. I just made that up. <laughs> the option exists. I'm attracted to you with an option to buy. <laughs> Not in my household. <laughs> anyway, Dan? Uh, speaking of sexy I'm looking forward to this Flophouse romance novel. You can still call it the Flophouse. Uh, the last... The last letter continues the theme. What theme was that? Uh, it's from Emma Ole- Emma O uh, O apostrophe last name withheld. Okay, so. sorry. Wait, what? Yeah, Emma O last name withheld. Yeah, an Irish name. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and it's titled "I'm Sorry, Dan." Mister McCoy, the other night I had a rather interesting dream. You were involved. It started off fine, but then I'm getting a beer. Progressed. <laughs> What I'm saying is, I may or may not have serviced you in a way that I shouldn't that shouldn't have been appropriate for Stuart to stick around and watch. <laughs> did that happen in the which dream? he did? He looked vague, vaguely intrigued by the goings on, but not overly enthused. Not really sure where Elliot was. Good news is, once again, I'm left out of the sex dream. Good news is, you're two whole years shy of the incident incident being dream statutory, so you don't have to go to dream jail or anything. <clears throat> don't worry, Dan. You were a perfect gentleman. Just thought I should let you know not all flop dreams center around Elliot and Stewart. Uh, oh, and I love the podcast. I found it through another podcast, and I sort of left them for you guys. For better or for worse, I think my REM cycle has answered that question. P.S. The Woody Allen impressions. I feel like they come up a lot in this podcast. Not sure why. I fucking love it. <laughs> you and Elliot make a wonderful tag, tag team. Both of you tripping over each other to be heard, so it sounds like I'm listening to stereo Woody Allen. 
Meanwhile, Stewart's in the background trying to find a way to hang himself. <laughs> the ATM episode had the best and longest performance, and I almost fell off my bed laughing. You should work them into every episode. Now, but, did uh, you mean like I was going to hang myself with a belt or that I was trying to hang <laughs> just with, with you guys? So, yeah. I think that you wanted to kill yourself because you were hearing us doing Woody Allen impressions. I like the idea of stereo Woody Allen, which yeah. would be like a... What like his his smooth jazz album or something? Sure. <laughs> I mean, he does Dixieland jazz. But so the nice thing about that sex dream is that you were involved with somebody, not me or Elliot. Yeah, yeah that's weird. Once. We can all appreciate that. I can't. I wasn't there. I'm confused. Well, what, I guess I wanna, appreciate watching Dan like, get do the nasty. <laughs> no, <I don't> <laughs> you want to be like Stewart? You want to be a fucking voyeur? What's going on? No, I don't. That's true. I literally only, a fucking voyeur. <laughs> the only problem I have with this email, honestly, is that it's titled "I'm sorry, Dan." I don't know what she has to apologize for because first off, honestly, like this is <laughs> the sexiest words in the English language. <laughs> I think, I'm sorry, Dan. <laughs> I think in all of the time that we've done this podcast, that's probably the letter that's made me feel the best about myself. Dan, just watch out. I think you're going to be catfished. <laughs> what? I think it's a catfishing bro. <laughs> it's a it's a 40 year old obese man in uh, now, for those Minnesota. Yeah. What you're saying? For those listening, I think catfished is a cultural reference and not a weird like. Uh, it's not a sex, sex term. Right? No, no. Okay. For those who want to know it. That's <laughs> want to know what catfishing is, uh, watch the first five minutes of our friend Sarah Schaefer's show, Nikki and Sarah Live, <laughs> yep, where they Tuesday. appear to be contractually forced to recap catfish their lead in. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Um, well, I guess what I'm saying is, Dan, you finally lost it. Mm-hmm. You did it. <laughs> you did it. Thanks. You're a man, though. I lost my dream chair, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Dude, don't say it that way. I don't like that. So uh, this is the part of the podcast where we recommend a movie that we actually liked in contrast to, sure. say, The Purge. And being Shocktober, I say, why not a horror movie? So let, let me start for once. Uh, for okay, once. I mean, you often start, For God's sake. Like. Oh, he wants, he's trying to get in on whatever you're going to recommend. No, I, uh, I know he's going to recommend something different. I, uh, my lovely wife, uh, for our anniversary, got me the Blu-ray collection of Universal Horror Movies. And and uh, there was what? Oh, and <laughs> she also got me Mondo Sleezo, a collection of exploitation she film trailers. She does know you. Yeah, she but, knows uh, there's two sides of you: the sleazy side and the side that likes monsters. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and those are the only two sides. But uh, I watched the only uh, uh, movie on the Universal Horror set that I had not seen before, which was the 1943 Claude Rains version of Phantom of the Opera. Now we are all, we're all familiar with the silent Lon Chaney version of Phantom of the Opera, which mm-hmm. is rightfully known as the best of them. But the, the best of the Phantoms. But the Claude Rains dumb one, scene where not as good as Phantom Menace, though. Um, <laughs> the Phantom Menace of the Opera. The Claude Rains uh, one. Queen Amidala. We are living in the basement of a opera house. Is that a Gungan? <laughs> no, it's not a Gungan. It's the Trade Federation. Yeah. Um, Misa, burn half my face. Okay. Misa, have mask on. That's a Gungan. I'm just saying the 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 Claude Rains one is worth a look. It's shot in beautiful Technicolor. Uh, Claude Rains is always great to see. Um, who's that, who's the the singer in that? Is that um, uh, Jewel? No, the, there's like fuck the the, the, the main character is Selena like, Gomez. The main character is a, a crossover <laughs> opera star in a period of 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 history when there was Salacious such a thing Crumb. as a crossover <laughs> opera star. <laughs> Uh, Oscar Meyer. <laughs> Oshkosh God Bagash. damn it! Shut up! <laughs> I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna try. Max Mar- Rebo. Mario Lanza. <laughs> he's 
it was like Eddie Arnold, or is that a... Edward? Well, Eddie Arnold was a country star, and Edward Arnold was an actor. The two different guys, but I can't remember. Which, who he, it's a man opera singer. Yeah, there was a male opera singer. Mario Lanza. No, that's a little early for him. Um, hold on. Uh, of the opera. God damn it. <laughs> I should have looked this up beforehand, this is huh, getting guys? Really weird. This is, should we uh-huh. fill the time? So, so been, Stuart, uh, I'm good. How about you? How you been? Hey, uh, I can't really complain. It's it the was, end of Shocktober. Yeah, it's set. Well, kind of. I mean, Shocktober for Flophouse, but Halloween still keeps is still in the okay, future. Hold on. Speaking of Halloween, everybody should head on down to Charlotte's Nelson Bar. Eddie. Nelson Eddy. Oh, I got to finish Eddie. this promotion yeah, okay. though, real quick. But so, <laughs> head on down to Charlene's Bar on October 31st for Charlene, a Halloween party where one or more floppers will be in attendance <gasps> and in costume. Okay, back to Dan. All right, well, this is the longest recommendation, but so Nelson, Nelson Eddy, yeah. uh, an actual, right? an, an actual <laughs> opera star uh, and a crossover film star in a time that that was not crazy to think of. Uh, back is when an it. opera star could be like on the cover of Time magazine. Yeah. And this is an interesting fan of the opera because it really emphasizes the opera side of it. Like you actually think like, oh, Keep this, selling is, it. Keep selling this it. is taking place in an opera house. But it has like these beautiful Technicolor opera scenes. Uh, what operas do they do? Um, I think they're mostly made up operas, actually. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, also in a like weird... the opera in Citizen Kane, Salambo? Mm-hmm. In a weird uh, bit of casting, uh, uh, Fritz Lieber uh, plays uh, Franz Liszt. Okay. Wait, Franz Liszt is in it? Yeah. As a character? <laughs> yep. But if you're a fan of Farfit and the Grey Mouser, you can see... Uh, what he looked like in real life. <laughs> what he looked like in real life, which is a crazy white-haired guy. <laughs> so this has been a very long recommendation <laughs> yep. for the lesser-known Phantom of the Opera movie. So enjoyed, fans. <laughs> fans of the damn opera of the flop flopra fanstoms oh, of man, the flop you didn't do that right oh, i'm just so tired from hearing dan's recommendation <laughs> Stuart, would you like to go next we had a whole purge during that time yeah sure so i we should purge this part of the podcast <laughs> boom i regularly recommend movies i've already recommended don't don't stop me guys i know i do this. don't stop you now <laughs> You're having a good time? You're having a ball? Um, so, for one, I would like to say... Streaking through the sky like a diamond. Because it's... Uh, do shocked- diamonds do that? Streak through the sky? <laughs> yeah. Well, if you throw them. <laughs> okay. Uh, because it's October, I always recommend going out, if you haven't seen it, going out and seeing the original Night of the Demons. Uh, it's my favorite uh, Halloween Now, you don't mean Night of movie. the Demon with Dana Andrews. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. I'm talking also about... Said Prunes the gave him the runes. No, the... Uh, <laughs> the passing of the muse, lots of skill. Sorry. Wait. What? Okay. So, Night of the Demon, totally. Uh, Night of the Demons, totally check it out. Not the remake with Tiffany Shepis, though. She's got a great butt. You should see that. But <laughs> wow. Don't see. So the, you're, the recommending most, you're recommending a movie and a butt. <laughs> no, but I'm also recommending podcast we've had in a what while. What I would really yeah. like to do is thanks recommend, to the purge. <laughs> what I would really like to do is recommend a horror movie called The Granny, uh-huh. which is my other favorite horror movie of all time. Uh, right behind Castle Freak, Head of the Family, Invisible Maniac, etc. Yeah. It's about a killer Granny Smith apple. It is about a wait. No, no, it isn't. It's a it's a movie about a granny who, in the search for eternal life, instead becomes a monster and murders her evil family. Oh, uh, so she's the hero. Oh, totally. Um, all because she misuses the power of the I think Me Chow Kui Chow. I don't remember. It's some kind of bullshit. There's magic swords. There's an evil granny monster. 
There is a lot of hilarious nudity, including hilarious one of, nudity. <laughs> well, yeah. there you go. One of my what favorites. Is that, what does that have to like? You mean like someone takes their pants off and you hear? <laughs> yeah, it'd be like like a lady boy. has like her breasts and she's like just juggling them. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty hilarious <laughs> and also very sexy. So uh, the it it also has my favorite example of a movie where you take a you know a beautiful woman. Give her, put her in a ponytail and, and give her glasses, and you're like, everybody around her is like, you're so plain and boring and gross, but she's got the frilliest panties when you see her okay, naked lady. Well, all right, let's move on. <laughs> so, what is that? Who's plain now, Dan, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't Dan, know. So, the granny and Night of the Demons watch them both back to back, double feature at my house later. Okay. <laughs> I've never been creeped more out by us. Yeah, I'm not. Can I go to a different podcast? <laughs> sure. Anyway, you're can now you read them and weep or something? <laughs> yeah, you'll now appear on uh, Stuff You Should Know. Why don't, we have, the, why don't we have the same listenership as uh, This American Life? I, because, we, because we're a bunch of pervy creeps. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. I'm sure Ira Glass is a perfect like, but he doesn't parade it through the podcast. I like to imagine someone describing our podcast to another person. Uh, it's a bunch of perfect creeps, and they talk about <laughs> movies. They talk about women. They talk about movies and women's butts <laughs> for an hour. <laughs> so I'll re- make my recommendation. I'd actually like to recommend two movies. One real quick. You probably saw it already, but a movie called Gravity, which is not a traditional horror film, but I found very scary in that. The concept of being adrift in space is incredibly frightening to me and having no contact with the earth and nothing to tether you to reality, basically. Uh, but beyond that, Gravity's in the theaters now. You probably saw it already. It's the number one movie in the, in the country. So I'll recommend another movie. It's another uh, classic 30s horror film, not universal but close, uh, called Mad Love with Peter Lorre, directed by Carl Freund, who you probably know best from directing The Mummy and being the photographer for Metropolis – uh, and a number of other great German films. The Mummy films. Returns? Nope, The Mummy from the 30s. <laughs> and also, uh, strangely enough, went on to be the director for, I think, a third or more of the episodes of I Love Lucy when now, it was first on TV. This is one of the family of uh, Hands of a Murderer yes, films, right? it is. Peter Lorre's, well, the weird thing is, so it's about a, it's partly about a, uh, I forget if he's a penis or a surgeon, who has his loses his hands in a train accident, and a doctor replaces them with the hands of a murderous knife thrower. But that's not even the scary part of the movie. It's kind of incidental to the rest <laughs> of the movie. It's more about Peter Lorre, this this mad surgeon who's obsessed with an actress to the point that he has like a mannequin of her that he talks to, and he wants to possess her. And she's married to this guy who loses his hands, and he replaces with the killer's hands. But Peter Lorre is super frightening in it as this bald surgeon and the being bald makes him that much creepier there's a scene where he dresses up in this weird metal like body brace to frighten the husband and it's super creepy and scary uh and it's just a strange like movie that's also beautifully shot because greg tolland worked on it carl freund who knew a thing or two about shooting obviously Mm -hmm. worked on it you may may remember greg tolland of course from citizen kane <clears throat> pioneer of the deep focus. Susan uh, Kane, Grapes of Wrath, yeah. you know, best use so, of our lives, number of great movies. You were talking about mummies earlier. There's no mummies in There's this no one, There's right? no mummies in this, okay. no. Just scary severed hands? Uh, well, it's and not scary even... scary Peter Lorre. Like body it's parts. more scary Peter Lorre. The like severed the hands are not the scariest sequel. part. But uh, there's a lot of great character actor bits in it, and I won't go into too much detail because we're running late, but Peter Lorre is super scary. Mad Love, the 30s one, not the Drew Barrymore... Chris O'Donnell, Mad Love. Which is also scary, but in a different way. In a different way. 
but I recommend this one. Zing it's kind you, of Chris a O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> take you down a couple. Take notches. that star of NCIS. Uh-huh. Take that, Las Vegas. Robin. Is that it, Los Angeles? Uh, <laughs> take that scent of a woman, man. But uh, scent of a woman. Take that circle of friends. <laughs> so, anyway. Take that. Uh, what was the the Bachelor? Yep. You guys are doing great. Uh, so, Mad Love. It's an underseen thirty star movie. Deep catalog. <laughs> go see it. Go see it. Mad Love. Um, before we go, uh, I, I we we should remind people. Um, we have a contest going on. The make a music video for "He's the House Cat," um, or as I as we've liked to, to call it, "He's the House Cat" parentheses Arthur's theme. Uh, but um, created by me and Alex Smith. Copyright Alex Smith. There is now buy it now for fifty five cents. Yeah, there's now green screen footage our mansion of uh, Elliot Stewart and I just kind of cavorting around and like, and like along with the lovely and talented Miss Hallie Haglin. We're all like cavorting around like goofs. Yeah, in front of a green screen, doing silly stuff, silly yuckamups in front of a green screen for you to uh, excise and use as you see fit for to this make music video. A music video for. He's the house cat, Arthur's, Arthur's theme. theme yeah. um, and Dan, what can people win in this people contest? People can win the uh, right to uh, choose a film for us to review on the show. Mm, Use it delicious. wisely. With uh, great power comes great responsibility. They'll also win a t-shirt. And I don't know. Wear it responsibly. Maybe with we'll great t-shirts. Like a Flophouse t-shirt, not just like a t-shirt. Of- Maybe we'll no, f- no, it's an E. Normus Johnson t-shirt. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we'll figure it's a something out. Knock off, it's shirt. a knockoff Big Johnson shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you get it in Cancun or something? <laughs> um, it says Cancun in the bottom too. Sure. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, with Bart Simpson. It's a it's a, it's a bootleg Bart Simpson t shirt where he has dreads. I'm I'm gonna say get your entries into us. Uh, by December first, I'm going to give you a little extra time on this because it involves actual filmmaking. Yeah. Work. December first, and then are we going to select a couple who are that are going to be voted on or something? Yeah, I would say get them in by December first, and then we'll select some finalists for fans to vote on to get the ultimate prize, <clears throat> which is what, which is our respect. Life? Our our respect is the ultimate prize. The oh. other stuff is so not immortality. Goods. Yeah. Um, not so. not all the money that would come with winning the transnational road race in yeah. death race. So uh, get those entries in. Have fun. Don't have too much fun. I'm just kidding. Have too much fun. Yeah, just keep inserting our Your mother and I will wait up. Don't do anything we wouldn't do. Um, But seriously, your curfew is two. Throw them up. I know it's prom night. I know it's prom night. Okay. So be back by two. But it's a night for memories. To but, no, it's also purge night. I don't yeah. know why they scheduled a prom for That's purge. That's crazy. Why Just would one they last... do that? Because now all prom is legal for one night. Okay, but no condoms, right? <laughs> one last thing. I mean, it's not a crime, but yeah. Once you have your music video, throw it up online. This uh, is super pervy tonight. What's wrong with us? <laughs> send, send, fucking purge. <laughs> it's not a sexy I'm movie at all. To, Maybe the least sexy Try to finish up the last little bit of business, guys. ATM was pretty sexy. <laughs> Send us a link to your video, to video. Uh, at the Flophouse Podcast at gmail.com. So, just to do it quick, make your pot, make your video. Due date is December first. We're going to choose our finalists, and then you, the listeners, will vote. Yeah. And then whoever wins gets to choose what movie we watch. Send us the link to the video at what was the address? at the Flophouse Podcast at gmail.com. And that green screen footage can be downloaded from a link that you can find at uh, flophousepodcast.com. It's a Dropbox file, right? Yeah. 
So uh, that's it. That's yeah, it that's for pretty good. October. And, um, that's a wrap on. If you guys October. are looking for something, if you're in New York and looking for something to do on Halloween and want to get a beer bought for you by us, come to uh, Charlene's Bar. And if you're looking for something to listen to while you're working on that green screen video, why not try another podcast in the All Things Comedy Podcast Network? Sure. Dan, you got anything sure, else? guys. No, that's it. Okay. And I got nothing. One last pervy thing to say before we go. Uh, this movie's been brought uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, This episode's but. brought to you by The Purge. Go check it out. Or yeah, don't, no, probably. Don't, don't. <laughs> don't. Uh, brought to you by The Letter Purge. <laughs> for the flop house, I've been Dan McCoy. <laughs> I've been Elliot Kalin. No. Waka waka. <laughs> and I'm not Stuart Wellington. <laughs> Good night, everyone. I mean, I'm going to recommend Friday the 13th Part 3 Dream Warriors. Or wait, no, that's Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> Freddy's Dead, the final Friday the 13th. Recommend. Good one, dude. <laughs> that was, that was wanna, almost as good of one of my stuttering jokes. I recommend Jason X, Freddy in Space. <laughs> so. Leprechaun 5, Jason Voorhees, Freddy. Uh, wait. Hold on. Wait, oh. let me go back to the beginning. <laughs> Leprechaun in the Friday the 13th. Dr. Voorhees, PhD. It's a medical drama starring Jason. <laughs> but he's a PhD for yeah, some reason. So he's not a YC. Yeah. <laughs>